y'all i i just want to say some goddamn good music and the whole reason uh the whole reason i do it is for undeadwood and that's what we're talking about today so I appreciate you guys who've been listening in for a few episodes, hearing me talk about uh, this awesome show that Critical Role put out. Um, I've had a bunch of people ask me where the, the final recap episode was, and uh, I've been holding off. It's right here. It's right there, because we have a special guest today. His name is one Brian W. Foster. Can you dig it? <laughs> and y'all, uh, I've, I've been excited. We've been getting this booked for a while now, so we got a lot to dig into. I'm excited to talk about this show, talk about uh, the TV show, the game they played, and uh, you know what might happen down the road with this. So very excited. Thank you guys for joining us. This is a special bonus episode of Roll for Persuasion, Undeadwood. Uh, we're going to have a good time. Before we jump in with Brian, going to go through some quick business here, talking about some, uh, some special partners. Today, we actually have a special sponsor. This is a first for the show. So this episode is brought to you by a very cool game called Top Secret New World Order. If you love spies, if you love Jason Bourne shit, not, not James Bond, you know, we're not talking like high class martinis and playing poker. We're talking down and dirty, shooting from the rooftops, running and gunning car chases. This is the game for you. Top Secret New World Order is a tabletop role playing game where you take on the role of spies attempting to infiltrate an enemy base and come out alive. Very cool. Very gritty. And right now, if you go to their website, topsecretnwo.com, and use the code PERSUASION, you can get $10 off the box set of New World Order. So definitely go check that out. We really appreciate them for supporting this show. And, uh, and it's a cool game. Not, not a lot of spy games out there. So if you are into the whole spy scene, definitely check this out. As always, we appreciate your reviews on Apple Podcasts, podchaser.com. So please take a moment, go on there, leave us something. It means a lot to us. Definitely helps us show out, helps us get cool, uh, cool supporters and sponsors. So we appreciate that. And of course, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash roll for persuasion. A couple different levels there that you can support the show on, one of which will let you leave questions for future guests, such as Mr. Brian Wayne Foster. So make sure you support us there and you will always see the upcoming list of guests and you can uh, join in. I want to thank our very first backer, Brady Farsberg, for supporting me. Uh, Brady has been following me on Twitter. She's been super supportive, just an awesome, nice person, and she has supported us on Patreon. So thank you, Brady, for helping this show go. Um, so lucky to have you listening. Thank you, Brady. See, that's, just, that's, that's the kind of shit you get when you support this show. So without further ado, uh, the man behind the creepy voice just now, Brian, what's going on, man? What's up, dude? So good to be here. This is a, this is amazing. Yeah, like I I I did not know one. I did not know that I was gonna like Deadwood the show at all until you started tweeting about it, like nonstop a year no or way. two ago. Yeah. So I got into I got into uh, you know big scale TV shows like that when HBO was putting them out. And for some reason, I think I had the choice. I was like, am I gonna buy this copy of Rome or am I gonna buy Deadwood? And for some reason, mm. I bought Rome which is a good show. You should go watch it. And then I never got around to watching Deadwood until you were tweeting about it all the time. Whoa, yeah. no way. Yeah, so you are the reason that I uh, I love that show now. So thank you. Anytime I hear that, it's, uh, it's a real treat because I know what a gift that show is for people. So sure. I, uh, I like, I like it when someone gets to experience it, you know, when you, when you, when you, you see a movie and you're like, this is so good. And then, 
and then you take your friend or, you know, to go see it. And then you're just kind of watching them the whole time. You know, right. that's sort of how I feel about that's how, how I feel when someone gets turned on to Deadwood because it's just such a great. And it, it was in a time period, too, where, um, you know, because I had watched it live and it was like it was like TiVo had just come out, you know, and it was like right. that technology was around. But there was no streaming anything, you know, and Netflix, I don't even think existed. If it did, it was it was just a DVD service. So it was it just it was in that weird time period. And for a lot of people, they were just turned off by the idea of a Western as a TV show. Like, is that going to be super boring? Right. Um, on the surface. So people are really rediscovering it now. I think the movie helped a lot, too, because there was so much sort of buzz and hyper on the movie. And then uh, people go, well, shit, I, I better watch this uh and then fucking Sam Regal, he goes, uh, we're in Denver. We were in Denver when the Deadwood movie came yeah. out. Ash and I watched it in the hotel. And uh, the next morning, Sam's like, hey, so I started watching the Deadwood movie last night, but I've never seen the TV show. And I was really confused. I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> I was so mad. I didn't talk to him for like a week, which isn't. Deserved. Isn't, uh, yeah, that's that's not really, uh, that's not uncommon. <laughs> Any excuse you can get to ignore him for a week, right? Absolutely. So the thing about the movie, so I, I'd i been putting off finishing the show. Like I had two episodes left. I've had them left mm -hmm. for about a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's it's done. It's like I know there's a movie, but I'm like, it's done after this. I can't. Um, but I finally brought myself to, to finish them uh, just a couple days ago. And by the way, uh, from this point on out, spoilers for Deadwood, spoilers for Undeadwood, everything's mm. in full effect. So if you haven't watched them, go commit the next month of your life to watching all of Deadwood, all of Undeadwood, and then listen to this episode. But I finally watched it. And uh, and the way the third season ends, I mean, clearly they, I assume they had no idea the show was going to be canceled because they did not it, at that time. It set yeah. so much up. And so then I made what feels like the dumb decision to then go ahead and start the movie. I was like, mm. well, I need more. And it was hard. Like I had to turn the movie off because I didn't have the emotional separation of like 10 years to feel like I was coming back to something. Yeah. And so like, like I, I felt like gutted because mm. I was like, no, so much was supposed to happen in this, in this interim period. Right. And I like wasn't right. emotionally ready to move right into what the film was doing. So mm -hmm. I still have the movie to watch, but, uh, yeah, the show, when, man. I, I, I think, I think, I think you're, you're in the right mindset. I think a brief, uh, I think a brief interval between the two, even just a few days or a week or so, just to let yourself sort of comprehend the non-ending that was right. before, you know, because for those of us that watched it live, I think it was like 13 years we waited for this movie ultimately, right? And yeah. there was always rumors of a revival and, uh, you know, when, when Ashley was working with... Uh, she was fortunate enough to work with W. Earl Brown, who plays Dan Doherty on oh, uh, on Deadwood. In Dan's uh, my in the he's the best man. He's so good. Uh, it, she worked with Earl on The Last of Us, and back then, which was you know seven eight years ago, they were talking about trying to revive it, and it just didn't happen. And you know, so finally, when it did, um, it was bonkers, and nobody believed it. I didn't believe it until I saw the first photos on the set, you right. know, because you hear it's green light. You hear, you know, it happens all the time. So, yeah, man. And then I watched it. I ball. I was crying before the. Uh, I was crying when I saw the train yeah. and the thing. And I'm like, in the first shot of every person, I cried. And then the way that um, 
I could go on forever. Just the Joni Jane storyline, how how David was able to like come back to that in such an organic way. Oh, fuck, man. It was so beautiful. And, and, you know, you can't you can't make a season of a TV show in two hours. And so I think they really did the best they could. We just watched the Downton Abbey movie the other night, which also made me cry. I told Ashley it's the Deadwood of it's the Deadwood movie of Downton Abbey movies because yeah. they did when someone. But Julian Fellows also wrote that film too, the creator. When when the person who created those characters in that world writes, sure, writes something like this where they come back to it. If you're gonna do a thing where they come back to it, have them do it, you know. And so that's not to say you know because there's people who go, oh, Star Wars is fanfic now because right. It's written by, but that's I'm not talking about the same thing. Um, I'm talking yeah. about yeah, Townsend Happy Man, <laughs> especially when you go from from like you said, like episodic TV to a film um, to be able to carry that that voice on through. Like it's crucial. Like it's not it's not going to work. Yeah, right. Like like Serenity would not have worked if if you know Joss Whedon and everyone from Firefly hadn't also been inv- involved in the movie. Yep. Um, same thing. I haven't watched Downton Abbey movie yet either, but, uh, but yeah, God. same thing, same thing for it's sure. It's good, dude. It's good. Just have your Kleenex ready, man. <laughs> right. Show makes me soft. I love it. <laughs> so think back, man, like, like 13 years or whatever, um, to when you were first watching Deadwood. Right. And, and I've heard you talk about, uh, I guess on another interview with, um, I think it was, we have cool friends where you talked a bit, which by the way, guys, great episode. Go check that podcast out in general. Um, Greg and the team are hilarious, but, but the episode with Brian is fantastic. Love um, those guys, dude. They couldn't be, I, I, I have known Greg forever, man, since he was back at IGN, yeah. uh, uh, throwing things at people and screaming, uh, like that stock guy, you know, on right. CNET or anything. And, um, to see them carve out such a giant space for themselves. Do you know, do you know how, do you know how they did it? They took care of their people, dude. They yeah. take care of their people. Yeah. They throw these giant parties. They go fly all over the world to meet their fans. And 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 anyway, I'm gonna go on about Greg Miller forever. Anyway, love those guys. Check out their show. Subscribe to their YouTube, Patreon, uh, 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 Twitch. Well, kind of funny games. Their show, their show was a big inspiration to me because I listened to. We have. I, I hadn't really been familiar with them um, outside of it before, and I listened to your episode, and I was like, well, these guys are kind of doing what I've been telling myself I'm gonna do for like a year and a half. Yeah. Like, how are they doing it? Oh, they're just fucking being themselves and mm-hmm. being genuine and uh, engaging with people in a genuine way. So that that was a that was a huge inspiration for me um, listening to that show to start trying to do mine and, you know, see what happens with it. It's funny um, because because y- you are actually another big inspiration for the show because um, I had. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Why would why would I choose you? Because uh, <laughs> I remember I was talking with my wife. And I was like, I think I want to do a podcast because I'm a white guy and that's what we do when we hit our 30s. Um, oh my god! <laughs> and and I was like, I want to just like interview people, D and D, blah blah blah, laid back, you know, talk to people who actually make shit. And then I kid you not, it was like two days later that uh, between the sheets got announced. Mm. I was like, this motherfucker! Like I heard, just straight, uh, yeah, straight I was, up took was, my idea. I was listening to your. Uh, I have. Uh, I, I I I hack into people's Alexas and I uh, I listen to their conversations, and that's how I got. So the re- that, that's why I'm on here, man. I'm on here yeah. as a. I'm on here so you don't get litigious. <laughs> Oh, I I'm on it. here. I'm on here to win you over, so you don't sue me for stealing your idea. For exactly. Sheets. Yeah. Well, it, it, it ended up it ended up like working out really well, right? Because I was like, you know what? He's actually doing something different, and he's got a bigger following than than I could have right now, anyway. But you know, thank you to you for me personally, just because because your kind of attitude and the way that you approach people in those interviews was was very much 
how I wanted to try and do what I was doing. And when I and when I launched a show, because this show is only six weeks old, um, I was like, I'm it set, is, yeah, like six weeks old. Like I launched it like October seventeenth. That's um, hilarious, dude. Yeah, so, so one of your first episodes was the dead one, Deadwood one. So my very first episode was with Ian Phillips, um, talking Ian about Phillips. yeah. Yes, yeah, that's right. Because I listened to that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, Ian painted our whole town, everything, and most of our minis. Um, and he does. He's kind of just our like painter guy. Right. He does. Uh, he's our. He's he's our. He's our mini guy. What's crazy is, and you and I don't know if he said this on your show. I can't remember. Did he say that he's known Ashley her whole life? He did. Yeah, that was one of the first things yeah. he said. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really funny because he yeah. showed up at the studio one day, like a couple years ago, you know, with some stuff for Liam or Matt. And she's like, Ian, what are you doing here? And he's like, I paint minis for D&D. You know, so she's like, well, I play D&D on the Internet. And it was hilarious. God, man, nobody, nobody sweeter than Ian. Yeah, he good. Dude. He he came in. We we had um, we had gone through three or four different companies trying to find the right buildings yeah that sort of matched our thing and those things are a fucking pain in the ass to put together (laughs) i uh, my apologies to everyone who makes them someone find a way to make it to where i don't break every single piece (laughs) trying to punch them out of because they come in these flat boards you know and then you have to sort of use an exacto knife and then punch them out god so Ivan and I started on a couple and realized, okay, this is going to take a few weeks and our time is probably better spent working on some higher level problem solving we need to do before we shoot the show. So that's, we had, that's when you go find an intern. Well, yeah, we have, uh, the only thing better than an intern is our, uh, is our wonderful production assistant, Jerry and Jerry put all those houses together. He would sit there during talks and during all the shows just off camera at a table, just putting together the town of Deadwood for, you know, and this is a couple of months before right. we shot it, you know, right. and then we, uh, we assembled it. We brought Ian in, showed him everything, went through all these color schemes with him of what I, the color I wanted the cat house to be, you know, everything was just right. blank. And, and Ivan and I, a mixture of the historical town of Deadwood, a mixture of some of the stuff from the show, because our show pays so much homage to that. And then some just fun, weird shit. Yeah. The church came fucked up like that. Really? The church came fucked up. And it was like some, you know, that's just the way it was just a a church that was all messed up. Yeah. And so we worked it into the storyline. When Travis said he wanted to play a reverend, uh, when we got done going, uh, well, this should be interesting. Ivan and I talked about, well, we do have this church and I asked him, do you want to be just showing up in town or do you want to have been here for a little bit? And he's like, well, what's the status of the church? And I'm like, well, the Reverend is, he's fled town after, you know, people tried to destroy the church, uh, quote unquote. And, um, and you know, so we came up with the idea that he had been there for a couple of weeks, uh, you know, taken over the church there had answered a letter from, from uh, the desperate reverend who was leaving. And, uh, so, and that's just one of the, uh, that's just one of the fun ways where, yeah, we literally kind of changed something part of the, of the story, story just because something was fucked up out of the box. Just cause the mini, the mini, uh, 
whoever designed that thing was like, okay, I want this church to be, um, you know, falling apart. And it's like, okay. And some of the other buildings were too. It's like a spooky, I forget the name of the company. I, I'm I, I'll remember it as soon as we hang up. Um, yeah, but they, uh, it was like a spooky Western town and we, we got mixed and matched a bunch of those pieces. And then, uh, and then Ian, you know, after flip this bitch, uh, designed the table for us. Yeah. Um, I wanted a coffin shaped poker table and Marisha, uh, said, absolutely. Uh, cause she just, <laughs> she's just amazing and yeah. that's it. Um, and also was like, that's going to look fucking cool. So yeah. Right. Yeah. And then flip this bitch who designed our whole set. They just, they just do what they do. They took our ideas and they went uh, and they took them up to 11. Um, and yeah. And then we sat it on the table and did dimensions. And then Ian basically just like figured out everything and took it all home and showed up with this, sent us a lot of progress photos, you know, and we're just going like, Oh my God, this is better than we thought, you know, consistently just going, Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh wow. And then it shows up and then we're like, Oh man, this is real. Like we're here. We're, you know, we have this town in front of us. We're sitting at this table. We have these minis, you know, Ivan and I are sitting there going, Oh boy, Oh boy. That's when it kind of, when you're, when you're actually doing this. Yeah. It's probably what actors feel like when they get in their, their costume or if they have to get prosthetics or whatever and they walk and they see a mirror and they're like, Oh wow. I'm, we're really going, you know? Yeah. So, so what do you think? Like going back to when you were like watching, if you, if you told yourself like in a decade or whatever, you would be making like producing like a fucking show based on Deadwood. Like that was, you know, essentially kind of a love letter to the show in many ways. Right. Like, and that you would be doing it for hundreds of thousands of people with like some of your best friends. Like, could you have even wrapped your, your mind around that idea? No, 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 no. I mean, I, we were, uh, we were out of town when the first episode of undead would, uh, premiered. And I remember getting back, I think on Monday or Tuesday or something and seeing that there was, I don't even know how many views. And I, I, I immediately just, you know, when you just feel like you're naked, yeah, <laughs> you're just like, oh no, that's that's way more. Thank God, I didn't anticipate that going in. Sure, uh, neither Ivan nor I anticipated it getting this. Now, what you don't know is that this idea was a one shot originally. This was going to be a one shot in the normal overlay, like we shoot Critical Role and most of our one shots, right. where everybody's at the table, they're all on the screen at the same time. This was just going to be that, and. Uh, I think, I, I think my, I think my big bad was going to be undead wild bill. I had no idea why he was undead. I had no idea. All I had was just undead. Right. Wood sounded amazing. The idea of just undead wood. And, um, and then, and then I ta- was talking to Mercer about it and he's like, this is great. And I go, but what do I do? Do I just do I do D and D? You know, because like we've done other one shots, like the Harry Potter uh, Breakfast Club one with yeah, Laura, yeah. which which features uh, some of the best uh, some of the best acting I think I've done. <laughs> um, and uh, that's D and D, but it's just like whatever, you know. So I go, do we do that? And and then Matt Matt had run uh, Deadlands in Deadwood game on a charity stream, thinks similar to this. So he brought that and I'd seen that years ago and, and we had gone to dinner after they had done that and we had we had talked. I that's the night I found out that Mercer was a Deadwood fan was the night oh, that yeah. they had done that. Very and cool. then we, we we went out to dinner after and then him and I just sat there and got drunk and 
talked about Deadwood for hours, which is what I do anyway. I just go to bars and <laughs> I tap people on the shoulder and ask them if they've seen Deadwood. And then I, if they say no, then I take them to my house and I show it to them. And I say, sir, this they, is, this is a Wendy's. You need to go home. Yeah, you, sir. I just, this is a uh, Popeye's. This is the line for the <laughs> spicy chicken sandwich. Um, yeah. So, and, and so the more we get to talking about it, uh, it's like Deadlands is it. Yeah. And the second that, Matt said it's going to be Deadlands because I've been DMing a D&D game for a little bit. Yeah. I co-DM a, a home game with my pal Patrick Fugit from the film. Uh, he's going to listen to this. I'm going to shame him right now. <laughs> uh, most notably from the film uh, Almost Famous. Uh, he is in Taliesin's favorite movie of all time, which is Wrist Cutters. If you haven't seen it, go see Wrist Cutters. Great movie. It's got Tom Waits. Um, Tom Waits plays God. So what else could you ask for? I'm so uh, him and I've been DMing this game for a while, man. And, uh, it's fun. We have nine players. It's, it's a lot. Jesus. It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's too many. That's why we code DM it. It's too many people. I'd like to kill three or four of them if we can, but I've never run anything on the internet before, which right. is a much different, totally different thing. Um, and also I've never ran a deadlines game before. So I text Ivan. I said, Hey, daddy chops. And uh, I'm, I'm talking like, to Ivan next like week, so I'm going to call him Daddy Chops. Like, please, dude, you're so lucky you get to talk to him, dude. I need, he called me this weekend, and I I missed his call because we're moving, you know. And I yeah. and now I woke up in a fever dream, and I I haven't called him back yet. I have withdrawal. I I miss him. Anyway, I text him and said, "Do you know how to play Deadlands?" Which is probably the stupidest thing you could text. <laughs> Don't ever text Ivan Van Norman. Do you know how to play anything? You know, right. you, the answer is if it's not yes, it's give me five minutes. And then the answer is yes. Uh, cause he's just got that brain. So he writes back and he says, he says, now, Brian, I, <laughs> I'm aware that there are certain parameters for TTRPG. So he's like, let's do it. He yeah. says, what, what are you thinking? And I said, well, we want to do this one shot. So he comes in and we talked through the one shot you know, my first encounter was this one little thing. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I didn't get to use it in uh, in chapter one. I'm not going to tell you what it is. But anyway, okay. and then my second encounter was that went with uh, like an undead wild bill. Why is he undead? Who knows? We'll come up with that later. Right. The more we the more we get to talking about it, the more it's maybe it's not a one shot. Maybe it's like a two part thing. Well, if it's two parts, why not make it four? <laughs> right. And if we're doing a four-part miniseries and we've got this new studio, we've got a bunch of people that work with us now. We've got very, very, very talented people behind the cameras. And so what happens is we come in with just a regular idea. Let's do a one-shot. Let's do a, a regular one-shot like we do. And then we bring it to our people and our people go, or... And then, so what, how that manifested itself is Maxwell James, who is this, he's our senior producer. Max produces every single show on our channel, yeah. uh, which is insane. That sentence is crazy. <laughs> um, but he does, he, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know. I, he's just built for it. And, and we bring Max in, we bring in our director, Steve Falos, who is our director of photography. He's also our director, director. Um, Steve's been with us uh, pretty much since we started the studio and channel. Um, and immediately 
between the two of them and Marisha, it just things just started to evolve and to iterate. What if we pre-tape it? What if we don't shoot it in the overlay? What if it's like this and this, and then we start bringing in all these elements, and my God, dude, it just, it became so exciting because yeah. everybody is contributing to this thing. I'm not the kind of person who likes to work in solitude. Yeah. Um, unless I'm writing pages, unless I have to crank out pages, I do not like to work in solitude. I find that to be a very lonely and creatively, it's a creative wilderness for me. I know a lot of people aren't that way. And I talked to Chris Perkins about this a lot because he's, he, him and I kind of are alike in that way and that way only. I have to legally say <laughs> that that's the only way we're like in Chris, I love you. But I like to collaborate. I like to, I, I don't believe that my idea is the best idea, even if I do, yeah. because then someone goes, well, what about this? And then you go, yeah, I said that. That was my idea. Yeah, I take, <laughs> I take ideas. So once Steve and Max and Marisha got their hands on it and we all sat in a room together and started to work things out, it turned into what you it turned into what you ended up seeing and that that turned into let's have it scored that turned into um you know let's bring in uh you know when we start talking about the guests cuz i i didn't want to just do it with with the cr people um it just it turned it snowballed and 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 you know it's a weird thing having your creative director be part of your cast so there's sure. certain stuff we had to not tell marisha about right, right. because it would have spoiled some of what we had planned for the game. Um, but guess what? When there's trust and when she's like, exactly. I know you guys have it. And when she, she's put together this team uh, down the whole supply chain that can handle something like this, then you just trust your people and you let them do it. And we knew we had that trust and that freedom and the not only just the, yeah, go for it, guys, but full support behind us. Um, she was comfortable stepping out of some of that stuff so that she didn't get she didn't get too metagamed uh, by the time she sat down at the table. So, you know, which, she knew which there was half of her life shape. anyway, right? Like being married yeah. to Matt. She's like, I'm just, I have to be kept out of the loop of th things that happen, right? Yeah. She's used to, she's used to walking into the, uh, walking into the room and, and having Matt do the, uh, ah, you know, don't look at this. <laughs> Throw uh, a blanket spoilers. over it. Yeah. yeah, yeah spoilers yeah. for tomorrow night. Yeah. It's hilarious. That's great. So, so what, what was that moment like when you, uh, when you guys first started recording? Right. When you, the, the very terrifying. first episode. Yeah. Fucking terror. Well, here's the thing, man. The cameras were kind of far away from me. Uh, you can't really tell. Um, but I would say, f you know, so the table's probably five feet from me, the end of the table. And then the camera's like another four or five feet, two cameras stacked, stacked on top of each other. Kind of like we do for critical role. One, if I'm sitting down, one, if I stand up, right. And Steve did such a great job and he does the same thing with between the sheets. When we shoot between the sheets, the reason why the guests are so comfortable is because Steve set the environment to where 30 seconds after you sit down, you for, you don't see the, you forget about the cameras. The cameras are in the dark. He's lit me so beautifully. All the person that I'm talking to wants to do is just stare at me into <laughs> right. my eyes and right. my hair and my, my lips and no, I'm joking. But yeah, like, he does such a good job with that. And with this game, it was the same way since we were 
we shot this uh, where we shoot between the sheets, actually, where Ivan is standing is right where the bar for between the sheets normally is okay. on that left side. Uh, and that's removable because between the sh uh, because a uh, flip dispatch made it. So that bar that we use for between the sheets, literally, you can just take it out oh, and put wow. it back in. That's awesome. It's amazing. Um, so that's where we shot it um, on the same uh, kind of our universal set. But, yeah, you forget about the cameras. And then it just became. I was so laser focused on my people, on my players. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say 10 minutes into the game. Once I got done sort of with the introduction and I, I handed it over to Travis, <laughs> dude, right before, actually, they'll tell you what that first moment was like, because I'm, you know, Ivan and I are literally sitting there scrambling notes. We're doing, working on stuff up until the last second and they're going, all right, we got to go. We got to go. And I'm like, all right, hold on one sec, one sec. And then I'm like, oh wait, how are we going to start this? Because we knew we knew what happened once it got going, right. but it was really funny. We kind of had this moment where we both went, we've planned so much stuff and we've worked out so much stuff, but we kind of, and so I walked up to Travis and I said, and he was there putting his, his microphone on him and his coat and we we're literally about to start. And I said, I want you to open with the, with the prayer, uh, the church. And he's like, what? I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I was like, just do it. He's like, okay. And then because he's Travis Willingham, what you saw, uh, he literally came up with uh, on the spot because we, we, we had no idea how to start it. And we sprung that on him because um, we had asked everybody the night before, uh, confirming how long they've been in town, where they're staying, just different stuff like that. Because yeah. we didn't, we didn't want to do, hi, I'm Anjali. You I'll all meet in a bar, of, yeah. Yeah, and then she kind of describes everything. You, you'll notice that I never address the camera until right. the end of episode, the end of part four. I just, we just wanted it to be so immersive that you, we drop you in, we pull you out. Uh, that sounds dirty. Don't isolate that. We drop you in, we pull you out. I'm gonna make that into like Sorry. a Songify remix. Put it on YouTube. Wait till Arsweave gets his hands on it. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, mean, that's that's what those first moments were like. It was it was terif it was uh, terrifying. But I'll tell you what, look who I had at the table. I was in the best hands in the world. I got right. Matt Mercer. I could I could reach out and touch Matt Mercer if I got nervous, and I did many times. <laughs> and but in all seriousness, having him there and having Ivan there, I literally wouldn't have done it. Yeah, uh, the 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 prospect was too terrifying for me. Yeah, it was too terrifying to not have that that help. So we uh, we called in the big guns. So I mean, dude, props to Ivan too, like, cause he spends almost every episode polishing the fuck out of that bar, right? And, well, and we made him, we made him do it. Well, he, would, he sells what you guys it too. Don't see what we had to cut out. What you don't see is me going. That I see a fucking fingerprint on that glass, <laughs> Ivan. You fucking polish that shit. No, what's no legitimately what you don't see is that Ivan several times throughout the game would help me with some of the system stuff. Okay. And we would sort of pause for that if there was a big right. if there was a big sort of thing because we were using the Deadlands Reloaded system. Go buy the PDF. It's ten dollars on the Pinnacle website. I'm not this is not a paid I'm not getting a dime from them. This game you saw people listening to this podcast, you saw how much fun where you listen to how much so fun good. we had playing that game. Yeah. Go, it's $10. This game is so fucking weird. 
Savage Worlds, which is the bigger rule system for, you know, the right. Deadlands Reloaded yeah. is set in. We use some of their new rules that just came out in the adventure, the adventuring guide, and we use some playtest stuff that they're doing. So they Ivan called them right away when we decided to do Deadlands and said, let's just get them in the loop. And I was like, do you think they'll be cool with it? He's like, I think they'll be cool with it, uh, with us doing this. So he calls them. They're like amazing from yeah. the get-go right just what what do we what can we do what are you guys thinking just just so collaborative and not at all this is going to sound weird but not at all precious with their material like right obviously yeah, yeah. obviously they are precious with it but not not going oh guys stick to what's in the book you know right, and, and just right. they they were just so stoked that more people were going to get to see this awesome game. I think, you know, that, and so they yeah. were just like, fuck it. Yeah, let's, let's do it. So they, they worked with us from the beginning, man. And I couldn't have, I can honestly tell you very few partnerships in my career that have, that have been so smooth. You know what I mean? Like where right, you, yeah. when you're using, when you're using someone else's kind of property. And so, man, it was amazing. And then Ivan helped me, but since it was an all new system for me and since, um, you know, there's multiple sort of rule sets and, and complications and it's so much different from D and D. Yeah. There was times where I'm like, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> and then he goes, hold on. And then we look it up and then, uh, but we just cut all that stuff out. I know people were like, ah, you should have leave all those moments in there. They think they want it. Right. They want right. It. They don't want it. That can be bonus features on the, uh, on the beta max that you guys put out of the, uh, of the game. Well, I mean, and Ivan's just, he's got such a filthy mouth. You know? <laughs> Whenever he did talk, we had to cut it. No, but he was there for that. He was also there. Um, it's really funny. It looks like, it looks like he was standing there. I think a lot more than he really was. Oh, Cause really? he had, he had a stool behind, <laughs> okay. uh, behind the, not the bar, but behind the bar bar, there is a stool. Yeah. And then he would sit there and I think go play uh, Candy Crush on his iPad <laughs> during some of the encounters. And then, uh, but he was there in case somebody got wounded. He was there in case they needed a tip. They could spend yep. a uh, they could spend a a chip to go. You know, I think everybody. I think everybody but Travis and Anjali went. Yep. Kari went. Anjali went. Marisha was, went. Marisha, Marisha went, was the and first Matt one to go, went. and Matt went. Yeah. Oh boy, Kari, dude, his dude. face there, his face there when, when, uh, his face when, when he sees that, uh, wanted poster, Woo. just goes blank and then it, it doesn't, and then it doesn't recover until he kind of starts crying at the end of the yeah. epilogue. Fuck. Fuck. On his, his line about how, uh, it was the first good night of sleep he'd had in forever. Like, holy shit, dude, just, okay, so check this holy out. Holy shit, so, man. In the Deadlands system, your character has to choose a hindrance, right? Okay. You choose these, you choose a lot of different stuff, but one of them is is, uh, is hindrances. And when I spent the most time, I would say Ivan and I both spent the most time talking to Kari about Aloysius Fogg yeah. than any of the other characters, any of the other actors about their character. Not because they didn't have just as much stuff prepared, but Kari was we did all this over the phone and email and right. text message uh, for months and months and months and months because he was shooting walking dead and, and going to conventions and, and acting and just being a dad and an amazing dude. Um, but also he just really had, 
he came to the table with just the, such depth to the ideas. So, so when you tell someone like Kari, you have to pick these hindrances, he's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, give me a minute because I got to think about what Ali, what Ali's thing is going to be. And so his hindrance was, was, was he, he doesn't sleep and he has bad dreams. So those are his actual character trait hindrances he has to go into this game with, right? That's right. his, and, and then, but, but because it's Kari, he comes up with reasons why he has bad dreams and he can't sleep sure. reasons why he's, he's this way. And, um, I think it's in episode one in part one, I think, or part two, I ask him if he slept and he kind of brushes me off and starts talking to Marisha and I said, I come back to him and I said, did you, cause you get a, you, you, you either get a point of fatigue or you don't recover your point of fatigue if you already had one, right. if you don't, if you don't sleep. And so if he was starting the day with a point of fatigue, I wanted to know. So I said, uh, you know, and then he says a bad night's sleep for most people is a good night's sleep for me or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I think that's sort of the first hint that he's that he suffers from insomnia in that way and yeah and yeah so how did you go about picking uh who you wanted to to be at the table um what were those discussions like like because because everyone's perfect like i can't imagine that show with anybody else on it it's so weird man like we i remember saying to matt i can't i wouldn't i wouldn't do this without you and he said to me i, I wouldn't let you <laughs> he said <laughs> he said i wouldn't let you he's like i i can't miss this yeah. so matt Marisha are big Deadwood heads. Uh, Travis. So I, I when when I when when they were uh, when Troy Baker and Ashley were shooting The Last of Us, I lived with Troy. I was his roommate, and uh, I was working with him on some stuff. And we, I, I showed Deadwood to him because he hadn't seen it yet, and he started working with Earl. And a lot of The Last of Us is very Deadwood influenced. Right. Yeah. Because Neil Druckmann, what's up, Neil? Love you, dude. Hope you're well. You're not listening to this. He could be. Uh, I'd send it to him. Don't now. speak that evil on me. He no. It's just because he's he's a busy guy, man. Sure. He's making a video game. But Neil's a big Deadwood head. That's how Earl ended up in. Uh, that's how Earl ended up in Last of Us anyway. And so uh, Neil and I were geeking out about it, and then Troy and I are geeking out about it, and then finally Travis is like, "I gotta get, I gotta see it," you know. So Travis starts watching it, and I watched. Uh, I would go over there and you know pop in on episodes while he was watching it, and. He just stuck to it like glue, you know, Travis just right away. So I knew that. And Travis is your chaos element. Travis is a D20. He is the element of chaos that you introduce into something to always ensure that you have one person who is going to be 100% dedicated to the fucking game no matter what. Yeah. And you'll see, and I was so, I popped in the Discord the day after. There's a great Undeadwood Discord. Find it. Jesus. God, they're thirsty on there. I love it. <laughs> they're so, they're funny, man. I mean, our fans are so funny. Sure. The critters are so funny anyway. Like, I we're I think we're one of the, I, I don't, I don't want to say that. Our fandom to me is one of the most creative and one of the has one of the best senses of humor. Um, and so it's been fun, but I popped in the discord and they caught that Travis was egging Kari on to use magic to heal himself, which is ironically what ended up causing the Joker and the backlash. Right. Um, 
and you see Travis going, dude, it's a hot table. It's he, and yeah. this is why you do not go to Las Vegas with Travis. <laughs> I've been, uh, I lived in Las Vegas for a long time. Uh, no one can get to me. But you don't want to go to Las Vegas with Travis Willingham or sit at a table of any kind with him. Um, I'm joking. But, dude, as you can see, yes, chaos element from moment one. Who is this reverend? I, there's something ain't right here. Uh, uh, he, he's, 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 pump, he's pumping a uh, double barrel. <laughs> he's pumping a uh, he keeps pumping the shotgun. It's it's something's you know, and then. Oh God, dude, he just, he's, he's chaos. He's, he's the element of chaos. And so we knew, we knew Travis had to get in there. And then it was like, okay, two guests. We didn't want to do six people. It was going to be a lot for me, man. It was going to be too much. Um, Ivan is a gene. This is why he does this for a living. He's a genius at designing, not only a game and making a game. He's a genius at designing an experience. And he knows What's going to be too much for someone and what's not from a player's perspective, from a, from a, you know, in, in developing the story. Nope. Don't that don't, don't bring that big bad in too soon. You know, they're not, they're, they're too low on this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's just so good at designing the player's experience. In he, addition he sees to, the whole matrix, right? He, he does. Can, he can see the girl in the red dress and the whole thing. Aesthetically. Did I just say aesthetically? Aesthetically. Sure. Three people on either side of the table, you know, it would probably look cooler. We don't give a shit about what looks cool. We give a shit about the players having good experience, yeah. which means yeah. if I'm overloaded and there's too many people and there's too much shit going on, they're not going to have fun. And the viewers are also going to be distracted. So two players, Anjali had done stuff with Ivan before that I had seen. I was obviously a big fan of overwatch and, and, um, God damn, she's just, she's a genius. I've been watching back through the uh, Undeadwood with Ashley because she's been catching up and um, watching Ashley just so blown away by Anjali is so fun to watch because I was just sitting there going, how are you making all this up? I mean, I said that about everybody. I said that about everybody. Everybody yeah. has moments in the show where we sat there and went, you just made that shit up? When Matt's whole speech about feral god's just as feral as the creatures and then i i remember when we were editing i would text him these chunks of stuff that he said and i'm like where the fuck did you come up with this right. and he had just rewatched deadwood before the show so there was i think the vernacular and the grandiloquence yeah. and the 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 uh pontification um mixed with the profane i think was just fresh on on his on his mind and then um i I had thought about Kari from the beginning, but I had kind of, I kind of had to let that dream die because he's so busy. Yeah, sure. And I knew this was going to probably be a two or a three day shoot. We ended up shooting it back to back two days. We did a Sunday and a Monday because that's the two days that we could get Kari and Anjali. Um, it worked out. The stars aligned. Literally, we shot this in August. We shot this in like the second week of August, and then it okay. came out. Uh, the middle of October. Yeah. So it worked out. It clicked. Boom. We're good. We have Kari. We have Anjali. And then it was like right into character development. And then we spent about three months doing that. That's crazy. Dude, Anjali's amazing. She, she somehow, I guess, I don't, I don't know how you guys found my, my bonus episodes to begin with, but uh, she tweeted at me or something that she'd been listening. So we started DMing on Twitter and like, you could just, I mean, you could just tell, I'm, obviously I've never met her in person, but like her love for what you guys made 
and like her passion for for what was being put together. Not only did you see it like on the on the the final product, right? But yeah. like you know, she was still tweeting me like, "Dude, we need to talk. We need to talk. We need to talk about this." So we'll, <laughs> Dude, we'll try and get her on. But like, she she's awesome. She's amazing. You gotta talk to her. Yeah, she she really she brought a level of I would say, man, how do I how do I phrase this so as not to uh, dig myself into a shithole without trying to. So the way that the way that Miriam was able to mani- manipulate almost every man she talked to, yeah, um, by pretending to be the flirty uh, ver- version of that sort of woman back then, and what they had to endure as 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 uh, being thought of as the lesser sex, right? And so. I, having mostly been raised by women, um, wanted to bring my NPCs and my characters and flesh them out as much as I could, uh, regardless of, of, of gender. Uh, but, but with Miriam and with Arabella, both of those women, Anjali and Marisha, brought to the table half historically accurate situations that women would have been in and half their own creation, their own characteristics, their own yeah. flaws, their own weaknesses, their own strengths. Um, and that's what was so cool to see is like mixing those, that sort of tropey, this is kind of what, you know, women were stuck with with like, sure, but this is yeah. how, this is how they, this is how they deal with it. And goddamn, Miriam's story, which, you know, I would say you guys probably got about, I don't know, a fifth of everyone's story. You know, I mean, yeah. I have pages upon pages upon pages on all these people and I go through and I read them. I miss, I miss those characters, man. I, I it's yeah. weird. I've, I've never, I've never really experienced something like that. I, the night that we got done shooting it, I was very sad. I was like, I'm going to miss my players. I'm going to miss my characters. This isn't my, this isn't my, my regular game where next week or in two weeks, we'll just pick this up again. I, I don't know if we'll ever sit at this table and do this again. So I had to, I had to, I had to kind of just live. It was weird, man. It was like a week. It was like a week long. We all felt that way. Ivan called me and he's like, I, I've spent every day with Ivan for five months, probably. Yeah. Outside of if he was sick or had something with his kid, or yeah, we were together every day, and it was weird to not. It's it's what people it's what you it's kind of what like working on a film, you know, you work on this film for some with some for three months or whatever, and then summer camp's over. Right. Your life you so enmeshed that like suddenly when that isn't there anymore, you know, everything probably feels a little unreal. And this was not a smooth train, my friend. <laughs> this was, we had never done something like this before. Yeah. This was brand new. I mean, we're talking about down to, I remember the day Ivan came in and 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 showed Steve and I this probe lens that he had found, which is what you see shooting all that gorgeous mini porn that's in the show that Steve did. And our, those uh, long like barrel macro ones. That, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of like what they shoot. You ever see those, like, Domino's videos, you know, where there's, like, a whole building full of Domino's right. and they knock yeah, them yeah. all, and it's like they shoot those the probe lenses. 
I remember Ivan bring that in and going, can we, can we rent one of these? Let's try it out. And so, um, and Steve had had experience with those before. And so the two of them kind of mad scientists worked this out and then all, you know, fast forward to two weeks later, I'm looking at a, a test of this shot. I'm like, holy shit, you know? And then that's before Steve even lit every single one of those mini shots, dude. I, I'm so proud of like, I had nothing to do with it, but I'm so proud of our team and just looking at it made those encounters so much more interesting because if we're going to cut oh, the table, so intimate, you know, we're shooting in yeah. single, single camera where we have close-ups and then we have wides, but we're, we're at that table. We're intimate. When you cut away from it, it's got to count. You gotta, you gotta really need to cut away from yeah. that. Yeah. If you're going to cut away from their faces, since we can't see everybody at once. So we, as uh, I say, we, Steven and, and his team just made those, so we had reference, we had references. So we right. had an overhead camera. We had some PTZs, which are like some little robot cameras that can zoom in really far. And then we had, um, we had an actual document of every single turn dice roll, uh, et cetera, et cetera in the battle. And then Steve went back and recreated the, uh, the minis, um, as they were in the show where everybody was placed and how everything went down because we had all the footage and we had all the notes and they literally just recreated the battles, shot the entire thing. And then we just cut in where we wanted to. So that is a mind boggling amount of work. Like, how about that? How about that? Isn't that crazy? That's insane. And, and like you said, it speaks to the trust of not just the players at your table, right? And people who are performing, but the trust of the whole crew um, of everyone saying, yeah, you know what? We think this idea has value and is worth the time, the effort, and the energy to do it right, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To not just half-ass it to say, fuck, we're going we're gonna to go all out. And it shows. Yeah, we just, once you decide to make something look, sound, feel, be sort of next level from what we had already done because we're only trying to top ourselves right like sure yeah that's the thing is there's so many people out there doing so much amazing stuff to try and be competitive it's not really our it's not really our bag dude we're not really we we didn't get where we are from doing it so why start so for us it's just about topping ourselves right, right? so it's it's and then looking at and then just you know steve would steve would always just kind of say to me like I'm like, should we try this? You know, should we try this? I don't know. That's a little crazy. Should we try? And Steve would say, I don't know, man. What kind of show are we making? And just having that mindset, it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's make this special. Like, let's yeah. let's let's go let's go all out. Let's go a little further. Like, and ah, it was a blast, dude. I I I I honestly, I'm I'm so proud of everything we do with the channel and all the hard work that our team does. But this is this is something so special, man. And to see people, to see people resonating with it the way they have is amazing. There's no better feeling than, uh, people wanting to fanfic rewrite the ending cause they hate it. So <laughs> I, I find it, I've been reading some of it. It's, yeah. it's, it's really good. There's some talented writers out there, man, writing fanfic. I say do it because writing is writing and it makes you better. You get yeah, better sure. writing, you know? Uh, I, I'm staring at this thing on my desk that Ashley got me, and it says uh, either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. Benjamin Franklin. I don't know who that is, but he sounds like a smart dude. Might have been a maybe it was like a real estate guy. But anyway, 
you look down the chain at all this stuff and you go, okay, so everybody turned in their A game. And that's kind of, that's what, that's, that's, that's what I'm most proud of. I'm, I'm very proud of our players. I'm very proud of like our show and that people like it. I'm most proud of the fact that everybody came together and created something that we had never done before in a very short amount of time. Uh, and it just has so much love all over it. And so I kind of tried to take our time with the credits too at the end was just, yeah. we thought of any person that had touched that show and just wanted them to be noticed because this was such a monumental effort and it took, it took everyone bringing everything they had to, to pull it off. And they did, they did. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, so, so how does it impact the channel now going forward? Because it is, I mean, by viewer numbers, at least what's public facing, it is the most popular or most viewed things that you guys have put out next to the campaigns, right? Like, I mean, I mean, it's, wildly successful just on that metric so starting as like an idea like you said oh well, what if we did it like a you know normal one shot with like the 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 four up mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. does it does it you know embolden you guys to to try it again to refine it or is it kind of like a, you know we did that we did it really well let's move on i'll tell you this i i definitely would never do i, I couldn't do this weekly Obviously, because it's so heavy on post-production and, you know, it takes, it takes, um, realistically about a month to, 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 to do what you saw to each episode. Right. It takes about a month per episode. Um, you know, sound color, our, our incredible sound, uh, mixer and, and, and re-recording artist and everything he's, 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 he does everything. Chris Wilmot just turned it in on the show. I mean, you hear the atmosphere you hear the oh god i could go on forever anyway he's really good he's i don't really care for him as a person but a very very talented guy i'm just kidding chris i love you he's definitely listening to this i have to say that i love you chris i'm sorry but what we're talking about dude i get i get distracted see i have this list of people i have to compliment because no, 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 i owe him i owe him money and then i can't remember what we were talking well, about well it's nice that you have venmo now so you can at least like go through the list and go fuck i have to compliment him and compliment oh him yeah and just delete it out technology no, is really saving our asses no, I'm joking. Yeah, so 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 to answer your question, I think I wouldn't do this weekly. Yeah. I would only do it if we could end up with the same result uh, of quality. So I wouldn't I wouldn't go like, all right, that was a fun kickoff. Now let's just put it in the overlay. Let's do it as a weekly game yeah, or another. Yeah. We're also not really interested in 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 having two campaigns going at the same time. Sure. Yeah. We're already asking people for a lot of hours of time. Uh, we're not asking them for it. They're, we're putting stuff out and they're graciously watching it and supporting us. But, um, but to look at our slate of hours of content we put out weekly, uh, for a lot of people watching critical role between Thursday and Thursday, a four hour show, that's, they can hardly do it. Right. And so why, why, why start a whole nother four hour show every week? And, 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 and then you split up the audience. I don't know. It just doesn't really appeal to us, at least at this point. Um, I would do this again. Uh, we'll see, man. I don't know. We're, 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 we're talking. It definitely changes. It definitely has changed a lot of stuff at the channel because now that we see what we're capable of. Right. We, yeah. we also learned lessons of, okay, now we'll give ourselves. You know, the reason why we pushed that final episode was it just wasn't done. Yeah. And we wanted to add a lot more mini shots to the to it and you know it was the final boss battle we just wanted to make it 
And we could have we could have finished it and put it out by that last week. And nobody probably really would have noticed some of the differences, but it just wasn't done. And yeah. we were sitting there and we're like, you know what? Let's just we didn't we didn't rush we didn't rush A B C. Why why rush D? You know, so that's a motto I live by. Why rush the D? I mean, never rush the D. And yeah. then you know you call Marisha and Marisha goes, all right. And then she tweets out that uh, you know we're gonna push. And then every single critter says, cool, cool. yeah, do what you, you need to week? do, yeah. Which is amazing. I I also loved speak. Go let's go back to Neil Druckmann. When he tweeted that they were uh, pushing the Last of Us release date, everybody's like, "No problem, man. We're we've waited long enough. Just make a good game. Don't yeah. burn yourselves out." And the fact that the fans are like, "Don't burn yourselves out," doesn't get better than that, dude. People sure. care about you. People want you to be healthy. They want you to keep making great stuff, but they know you can't if you're burnt out, you know. And and they care about you. What more could you ask for, dude? People, people are just they're so they're so good to us. So, I would say. I have ideas. Yeah. I got ideas. Um, I, I miss everybody. RIP Clayton, the coffin sharp, which, um, which we'll talk about in a second. We, we can't, right. let the, we can't let the episode finish. We don't talk about that. Oh, Matt. But yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to answer that. I will say that I will say that it definitely changes the game of the channel where, where we, you know, what we're capable of, we're making better stuff. Uh, we we're all we're always making a better episode than the last, no matter what it is. Max, everyone's always working on how to make how to make something more cool, more interesting, um, more engaging. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed a lot of stuff. And and I I would say that uh, I I you can't see it because of the Skype, but behind this is my dog mite screen i work behind it yeah uh and have since we stopped filming because i i just feel at home behind that screen and with my with my people um but yeah i'm actually gonna be i'm gonna start running a deadlands home game because i miss that system so much nice um i'm not gonna stream it because i don't want people to see how i really am no i'm kidding i just i mean i've heard i've heard that you dm naked I mean that's that's the rumor. <laughs> yeah, I am the topless. I'm the I'm the bottomless DM, at bottomless DM. If it's not already taken, let's whole let's new take. meaning for a uh, Deadwood there. <laughs> that's true. So yeah, man. So final scene. Um, what was that like? How did that play out? Like it sucked, dude. Yeah. It sucked. Well, here's the thing. Without giving too much away, I will say that. Kari wanted to be looking for somebody, but he didn't want to know who he was looking for. Oh, nice. And so that was up to Ivan and I. Okay. For a long time, and by for a long time, I mean a couple of months, dude. We sort of were trying to figure out the best NPC way to introduce that that bounty uh, a lot of people picked up on this that I saw online, which was really cool. But a lot of the basis for Aloysius Fog was a fellow that went by the name of Bass Reeves. 
okay. who is the original inspiration before they ripped it off and 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 uh, I don't know what you call it, whitewashed it or whatever. The Lone Ranger. Okay. Uh, that was Bass Reeves, man. He 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 captured a lot of dudes, and I think he did it all after he was like forty five or fifty years old or something like that. Fascinating guy. God, we gotta make a maybe I'll write a movie about Bass Reeves and I'll 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 have Cascari, Kari, there you uh, go. You're listening, Hollywood. Are you listening? I got gold. All right, listen. So I said maybe we'll figure out an NPC thing. So as we're working it out, I had some ideas. My binder that I, that sat in front of me uh while we played that had a lot of my story elements in it. Um was full of stuff and had some things about Ali in there that were possible bad guys or, you know, bounties or not necessarily bad guys, but just somebody he was on the hunt for. And then as we, as people, as other people at the table started to turn in their backstories to us, this is how I'm going to phrase this. Sure. It became very clear to Ivan and I that, that the solution to this, uh, Story element that Kari wanted for his guy was right in front of us. I will tell you that the decision for Clayton the Coffin Sharp to be on that wanted poster was made. So we shot episodes part one and two on Sunday. And we shot three and four on Monday. Episode four we took like a three hour break between filming them instead of just like a lunch break. Like we did the first day, we took yeah. a longer break to, to do some other stuff. And it, I'm sitting there talking to Ivan and it's sort of just without giving too much other stuff away good that I want to save. I will say that it sort of just became clear to us. And also Matt was the only one who didn't really get any backstory out. True. That yeah. whole time. And then here we are about to wrap up this story. And Matt has this rich backstory, but he the way he RP'd it and the way that, that the dice rolled and the way that the events unfolded in front of him uh, meant that he just kind of kept things close to the vest. Yeah. And so we kind of made that call. Um, we did. What I thought would ha- I'll tell you what I thought would happen. <laughs> and this I hope there's a lot of DMs out there that can uh, empathize with this. Sure. I thought Now, I guess both endings are still quite western now that I think about it. What I pictured was to resolve that piece of of Ali's backstory, you give Fog the bounty poster, the wanted poster. It's for a murder that you're aware of. I will just say that, that fog that Ali was aware of. Yeah. Um, and meaning that he had given us this backstory and we had, we had done, you know what we do, which is fuck him up with it. And I thought he'd come down, confront him on it. And because of what they had been through and because right. of the greater nature and perhaps maybe the danger that still awaits out there, that it would sort of be this 
And I knew that putting that in the hands of such a talented actor as Kari would result in, and, and then, and then, and then if it's Matt, which it ended up being Matt, uh, what, what better, what better hands could he put that shit in? Right. So then the fucking spell. Right. So there Literal we are. Game changer. And I have a piece of paper that is on a magnet. Thank you, Dogmite. Which is the backfire table. If you roll the Joker or whatever, if the spell doesn't succeed, you you I have to roll. Uh, I believe it's a D twenty. And then I pick. Then the, the the dice, you know, it tells me it tells me the effect. Now, I nerfed what happened to Fog in that spell. Okay. He was supposed to. I love you, Pinnacle, for being cool with me. <laughs> I, I, if I remember correctly, he was supposed to immediately get dementia and lose his mind and go crazy. Oh shit! And I, it was like the it, it, I was reading the because you have to you have to I think you I, you roll three you roll like the backfire and then if it tells you you know if you roll a seventeen and it says uh, roll a d six and then check this other table like the injury table or whatever it is yeah. so I had to roll on like this psychological table. Okay. What so it's like. It's like the D20 for the Joker tells me Kari is going to have a psychological effect. That D20 sends me to a D6, I think, which tells me it's dementia. He loses his mind for D6 days, one D6 days. So I roll a D6 and it hits six. Yeah. Um, so, and it, what's so crazy, dude, and we're watching this back when we're editing it, and Kari just takes that. I, I say, this is what happens. You know, you, 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 I, 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 I had to nerf it. I just, yeah, it didn't yeah, yeah. feel right to me, dude. And, and it didn't, and I don't fudge dice rolls. Trust yeah. me. Wild Bill would have, I remember, <laughs> I remember asking Ivan, I'm like, do you fudge dice rolls? He's like, I can't, man. There's just something <laughs> in my mind. I'm like, I'm the same way. I just yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah. Plus, plus what's the fucking point? Why play a game if you're right. just like ignoring just, it? Just write the script if, if you're not going to make it random. <sighs> Double natural ones while Bill, I think twice. And then Cynthia, Cynthia was a fucking spellcaster too, but yeah. I failed. So if you're, if you have a wild card character, that's an NPC that, that doesn't, uh, I, I you know, I'm not going to do the cards for myself if right. I'm casting a spell for an NPC, cause that's so dumb and takes too much time. So they let you roll, but I was ugh, the dude, those dice are in a little, uh, dice kill in the, in my house. Um, so I tell Kari, Here's what happens. Marisha goes, oh, my God, you have no emotional empathy for the next six days. That's crazy. And it's it is sort of because it happens in, you know, the aftermath of the battle or whatever. Right. It is sort of just like this passing uh, moment. And then. I forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. I as a viewer, I forgot to forgot about it, dude, yeah. because and you have to understand in real time. That was probably. I don't know, two hours later. Yeah. And then you can see the moment that I remember <laughs> the spell, at yeah. least I can see. And if you go back and watch when Kari gets up and goes to Ivan to, to look at the wanted poster, when he's coming back, when he looks at the wanted poster and I'm looking and now I'm about eight feet from 
where where they where Ivan was standing from where I was sitting, eight or ten feet. Steve will correct me. And I look at him, register no emotion, looking at that poster, and the fact that he folded it up and then handed it back to Ivan was really weird to me. I thought yeah. for sure he would keep it. And then when he, so, so if I'm facing, yeah, so he's to my left. So he turns around and Kari does after Ivan. And when he turns around, he's facing me and he looks at me and it's nothing, dude. Yeah. And then he walks right past me. When Kari's walking around me, you can see me panic. That's the first, that's the moment that I remembered the spell. Yeah. And I start, I start doing the nervous leg tapping and you can right. kind of see my, see my bob head's, a little bit. Yeah. My head's bobbing a little bit cause I'm on a little bit of a platform and I'm, 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 I'm leg shaking and I'm going, Oh no, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? Oh no. And then, and then that's it. And then yeah. he comes downstairs and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then, He's like, well, good night. And then he pulls his gun and he puts it on Clayton. And I'm like, okay, okay, we're okay. We're okay. They're going to talk this out. They're going to talk this out. And then you watch those moments, dude. Yeah. Of those two guys. Just role playing, just improving, just on the spot, having to do what they're doing. Kari's got, he's giving us nothing. And then Matt is like, heartbreakingly pleading. Right. And then when Kari goes, you know, if it weren't for a couple hours ago, and that's when you see, bam, it hits Marisha. Right. Bam, it hits Travis. Bam, it hits Anjali. Everybody's like, the fucking spell. Holy shit. You know, and it's like, and so then I'm panicking. So then after I said, are we having a duel? And then they're like, yes, we're having a duel. And then it sort of cuts to the two of them in the street. Yeah. We had to stop because I didn't know the rules for a duel because we didn't fucking plan on right, right. A, a player character shooting another player character. I guess we should have. Uh, you know, I'll be more prepared when I do this, uh, when I, if ever I run this game again. But God damn. So Ivan, you know, was, 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 uh, aware of the rules. And so we, we broke it out and then, and then we modified it a little bit because we were in a very, we were in a very, um, fragile situation. Right. That was a very, that was a very delicate situation. So we modified the rules a little bit to, to make it, there's like this thing where you can pick accuracy or I, I can't remember all the rules, but cause I learned them that night. But, um, and then we just, and then now, and then, and then, and then, you know, what was interesting is as Ivan and I worked that out, the table was just silent. Yeah. And everyone, everyone processing, was, everyone was just like putting the pieces together and you could tell there was just so much like, and to be honest with you, and I'm, I, as a player, I, I'm not going to say a lot of people would do this. Let's put it on me as a player. I probably would have forgot about that spell, dude. I would have written that shit down on my sheet if my DM had told me yeah. that you have this emotional thing for the next. It's not like you took two wounds, you know? Oh, right. shit. Well, I'm fucked up. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, you know, no, dude. From the sec, well, go back and watch it from the second I say it. 
Kari just registers no emotion. And that was a lot to deal with as a DM. Yeah. Sitting there watching this happen because my hands are very tied. I don't want to get involved at all, really. I want to let them figure this out. Um, to the much discussed uh, Anjali moment where she raises her hand and asks me if yeah, I can. Yeah. And I want you to talk to her about that, please. Yeah. Talk to her about that moment. Because um, her and I have talked a lot about it since then. And I, when she asks me if she can break the bottle over his head and I say no. I say, no, you may not. Um, right. You're very polite. Well, if I, if I, if I, I, I think, I think if the I could wording go back, I would have mattered. changed it a hundred percent though. If yeah. I could go back, I would have said it differently. I'm not, I don't, I'm not upset about what I said. Yeah. I have gone back and forth on whether or not I should have let her do it or how I worded it. There's all these discussions about he took away player agency and all shit. You know, Matt sat me down at the rap party and we talked about it and he was like, he, oh God, he just gives the best advice. And he was just like, here's, here's how I would have handled it. But he's like, you didn't do anything wrong. And you, I, he's like, I understood what you did. Uh, you know, we had a really cool, like, because here's the thing. Here's what went through my mind in that moment. I'll tell you exactly what went through my mind because I've thought about this probably more than any other moment in that game. That and the moment that Kari turned around after, after seeing that poster and the look on his face that will haunt me in my dreams for the rest of my life. The bar was empty. It was them and Dan and Johnny in that bar all standing next to each other. You don't hear a lot of noise and rough, you know, piano playing and everyone in there celebrating. Um, this is a private party. There's a bunch of gold standing on, sitting on the table. There's, there's this isn't a full right. bar. <laughs> there's, there's five thousand dollars in gold uh, sitting on top of the bar. This, this is a closed party. There is no music. There is no atmosphere. There's nothing. It's them standing there silent. For her to stealthily. <laughs> grab a bottle from the bar, sneak up behind him. Yeah. Um, now, pe players couldn't see their stats either. You don't know that, that Anjali is not extremely stealthy and that Kari has an extremely high awareness of what's around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's just different stuff. And so the, the reason why I said, no, you may not, is because he would have killed her. Should I have let him do it? Sure. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm looking at this man across the table from me who I know and who I've known for a lot of years, and I don't see a trace of him in this guy at the table. Yeah. I see Kari so dedicated to Ali that he would have taken his gun out and shot her in the head. And his shooting was very his shooting stat was very high. Yeah. He probably would have killed her. And then we have the departed. Spoilers. Right. Then we have the ending of The Departed on our hands. You get shot in the head. You get shot in the head. You get. Sh and then it was just like, I I didn't want to do that to them. Yeah. Ultimately, it yeah. wasn't me being precious with my story. To me, it was a. It doesn't make sense from a player tactical perspective. Um, should should I have said yes? Try it. See if she rolled well. If she rolled well, all of a sudden Dan grabs her hand or something. Sure. There's all these things you can think about on Reddit or what you would have done watching it. Uh, you weren't sitting there at the table. Yeah, no. You weren't sitting there 
A, running a game for some of the best people in the world at it, which is intimidating enough. B, um, just this it came this whole thing hit us as as hard as it did the players so because we didn't how you how do you how do you plan for this joker spell backlash right i just didn't i thought he's gonna kill her and then he's gonna kill matt or he's gonna try he's gonna try to kill both of them see how the dice go he's gonna and then and then what if what if what if reverend mason's like i'm gonna shoot Allie, and then Arabella's like, yeah, then it's all fucked. And it was like, I don't know, man. So just in that moment, A, it didn't make sense to me. She couldn't stealthily do it. So A, it was just like kind of the practicality of right. it. And B, I saw the deadness in my man's face and his eyes. And I just knew you can tell, dude, when she, just, she, she pleads with him and he just, good night, Mr. Nothing. Man, that's it. Yeah. Just nothing. And so he would have carried that same, Ah, it's tough. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still kind of going back and forth about it, but isn't that fun? Isn't it fun? Oh, yeah. that, like that, that, that that's what I love about games is that you can just kind of keep, you can kind of just keep going over in your head and then you dream, you dream about, you know, what to do different next time. And I don't know, it's fun. It's a blast. Yeah. yeah so that's kind of how that thing happened, man. Yeah. And at the end, Oh, Kari felt so bad. It was so weird. Like he, you can kind of see before we cut, he, he kind of pats his chest and he looks at Matt and he says, I'm sorry. And he's crying, you know? And it's like, he, he felt terrible that he had to do that. Right. As a, as a man. And that as a player after the fact, he felt terrible that he stuck to the RP, he didn't feel yeah. bad about doing it. Obviously, like, he was proud that he did, but he felt like he felt bad that he kind of that he kind of ended up having to take Matt out of the game, and then and then um, and then you think about the fact that he's got two wounds, uh, and that he, what's going to happen in six days? Yeah, and that's why we left uh, that little Marvel end scene there of them discussing kind of after the after we had uh after we had cut i was gone i, I actually didn't hear that discussion until oh, wow. i we were in the editing room and i said whoa that's cool um yeah i i think i i think i i i, I, went, I went ran down the street i think i just went into the street naked and just was like in the rain you know shushing right. i was like it's over we did it no i was just i was so happy i was probably hugging people but yeah they that that that's why Kind of interesting to think about what's going to happen to Allie. What's going to happen to Allie in six days? I mean, there are all, there are all sorts of reasons, and I won't get into them about why I think it was the right decision from a DM standpoint, from a from an entertainment standpoint. But and yeah, there are hundreds of different ways it could have gone or it could have been played. But yeah, I think it's the per, for me personally, it's a perfect ending. Like it felt so Western. Very Western, yeah. And and it felt so true to the randomness of doing it as a game, right? Like, um, you know, sometimes the dice suck for you and, and Wild Bill can't hit anything, and sometimes it's a throwaway spell that you have mm -hmm. a great fucking actor at the table who turns into one of the most pivotal moments in your story. Yeah. And and that's why we play it as a game, right? So that the randomness can impact what happens in a profound way. Yeah. And the idea that you know, Clayton Sharp wasn't an innocent man, and I alluded to that in 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 sort of eulogizing him because I wanted 
people, I wanted you guys to be able to know a little bit more about him and why this sort of happened. And I had come pretty close to memorizing what Matt had sent me for, for Clayton slash Amos. And I'm so fascinated by the idea of someone who becomes a criminal because they were accused of something they didn't do. Sure. And in order to survive, in order to stay alive, even though you're innocent, you have to then become dirty. You have to become the thing that you're, that you were accused of being, even though you weren't in order to just stay alive. And that's so weird. And that is such an interesting, that's such an interesting character. And Matt wanted to, yeah, he was on the run from, Hey, you know, what's interesting is his dream, right? When I asked them in the first episode, what did you dream about? Which I sprung yeah. that on, I sprung that on them too. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And the, I, the, the fact that they all saw the fact that they all decided to say that they saw the church was really fascinating. Um, yeah, that one really threw Ivan and I for a loop. Uh, cause we thought they would all just sort of have separate dreams, but they all connected right. it to, oh man, that was cool. So anyway, Matt says, you know, I see him. He's there. He's standing there. I see him, whatever he says. And he's not talking about fog. Right. He's talking about the idea of this something. It's going to catch up with me. This thing right. will catch up with me and always living one eye open and always living with not being able to sit with your back to the door. And, um, I can relate to some of that in my younger days too. And that's what I think I, I found so interesting about Clayton is that he didn't really get to have his own life to be himself. He had to, he had to always be someone else because for reasons that he had nothing to do with, can't we all relate in some way? I mean, especially people that are victims of abuse about innocence taken from us. Right. And yeah. when, what that does and how that changes, um, the trajectory of our lives and, and big, big themes, man, we were working with, with these characters and, and, and in such a Western way, Clayton had to ultimately pay. Clayton was the ultimate wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. And the, the thread yeah. that ties his whole story together, right? From beginning to end. It's very sad, dude. It's yeah. very sad and it's very beautiful. And I can't imagine I mean, that character, it's just Matt Mercer. That's, that's who, that's, that's right. his brain. It's his, he, he made that, God, what does he say about at the end? He says, what if I told you the law has been wrong all this time? What if I told you, ah, oh, fuck, whatever. Many men end up doing for themselves. I wrote it down because I fucking hate him because he's so goddamn good. Because <laughs> he just anyway. pulls it out of nowhere. It's just beautiful, yeah. man. And I Matt doesn't get to play very often. If he yeah. does, it's usually in like a goofy one shot. Right. And those are fun too because he's so great and like Honey Heist and all stuff. But this was fun to just, you got to see him really, you got to see his chops, no pun intended. So uh, I know we got to finish up here in a minute, but one one more Deadwood question for you because yeah. you, uh, you got to do voices for all these characters oh, yeah. you, you got you yeah. got to play the characters which one were you looking forward to doing the most and which one were you most concerned about trying to pull off on camera 
Well, I will tell you something really funny. I told everybody before we started, I said, don't go talk to Mr. Wu. Because I can't say, I can't really say any of the words that, right. <laughs> that Mr. Wu uh, can only speak, you know, in English. So yeah, I, 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 I assume that one was off limits <laughs> before you guys started playing. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, what's funny is I read, I see, uh, I see feedback of people that have started Deadwood, which is obviously great, like yourself, right? They started Deadwood uh, either because I won't shut up about it or because I'm Deadwood. Um, and it's like, well, I like Undeadwood because they got, they don't have any of the, I don't know, bigotry, whatever it is back then, yeah. you know. But the thing is, the reason that makes Deadwood such a good show is they left all that in there and they deal with it face to face. Right. When you get to the end of spoilers, when you get to the bank scene where you find out that General Samuel Fields and Steve the Drunk have the same last name. Right. And that entire arc and storyline thing, and it's so subtle, most people didn't really pick up on it, I think, the first time through. I know I didn't. It's a subtle milchism of his way of handling stuff like that. And I think that he didn't avoid it, and he got a lot of shit for it, which he didn't give a fuck. Um, to him, it's about doing right by the time and by the people and by the characters. Right. And nobody did more research for that show than he did. Um and, uh, so yeah, man, I mean, to me, it's like the, the, I would say Farnham was, I was looking forward to that only because I knew they'd probably get a kick out of it. Yeah. And I walk around the house and I talk to the dogs. I don't, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not an actor. I'm not a voice actor, but yeah. I'll, I'll walk around the house and I'll, I, well, my fiance just moved back from New York finally, but, uh, before she was back, I, I made a regular habit of um, sort of I talk to my dogs all day like I have full I have full blown conversations with them. So as I was leading up to the show, I would have to sort of practice on the dogs, but no one heard my impressions. None, no one in the crew, no one in the cast. I don't think right. Ivan, nobody heard him until the second I started talking on camera. <laughs> I didn't really plan it that way. It just sort of happened. Yeah. And that was really funny because then you kind of got everybody's actual reaction. Swearing, Swearingen's easy because he's not easy, but he has such a definite, it's such a definitive inflection. Right. Um, it's far more about the delivery than it is like a pure accent or exactly, right? Exactly. So when I wake up in the morning and I open the door and I say to my dogs, it's time to take a fucking shit. You know, it's just like, it's so easy. You know, you walk right. around right now. I'll tell you, you want an exclusive? Yeah, go for it. That's I'll what we're all what about here. On. <clears throat> I'll tell you what I'm working on right now, but I got to get some tea. Hold on a second. Now, Andrew, I'm working on Gary Busey. And he's uh, <laughs> he's really concerned about Hurricane Ike. I don't know how familiar you are with, oh, <laughs> with Hurricane Ike. Anyway, so yeah, this, I just been uh, walking around the house working on Gary Busey. Just for nothing. Just to have. Just for nothing. Keep it in your back pocket. 
just so that every once in a while I can call. You know what's really funny? And I like to I like to trip people out on this. One of uh, Daniel Day Lewis's favorite actors, Sir Ian McShane. Mm-hmm. So if you watch Deadwood, and then if you watch There Will Be Blood, and then you go, wait a second, Daniel Plainview sounds a lot like Al Swearingen. Mm. I'll have some goat's milk. Doesn't he? Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, think yeah. No, I think like, I think you're. I think I had not connected, but I think you're 100 right. I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Day Lewis was like, maybe I'll base Plainview off a little bit yeah. of swearing shit. You know, TV's Ian McShane. Uh, yeah, I was stoked about that. Um, you know, I don't really do. I don't do a lot of voices or accents really in, in daily life, uh, except for <sighs> Gary. Now you know, fear stands for. <laughs> Uh, frightening, ethereal, alternate realities. So how does how does Ashley deal with that now that she's back and, and you're Gary Busey her every morning? She gets a kick out of it actually because and she she'll tell me if I'm she'll be like ah oh, you're slipping into you're slipping into Sam Elliott. <clears throat> I used to like my throat's kind of fucked up, but I used to I used to sometimes I would call Travis and I would leave him a voicemail. It'd be Sam Elliott. Uh, uh, reciting Backstreet Boys lyrics, <laughs> <clears throat> but you have to sit back. You have yeah. to sit back for Sam Elliott because he he's always leaning back, you know. Right. So you got to like hold on, sit back here. And he's like, "Show me the meaning of being lonely. Is this the feeling I need to walk with? Tell me why can't be there where you are. There's something missing in my heart." Yeah, I just like call and then Travis calling back and yeah, That's I don't know, cool. man. Yeah, that was it. I don't know. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot about it. Johnny's really funny because he's Johnny just was like, my favorite that you did because I thought you got the manner, the physical mannerisms <laughs> yeah. of him so oh, well. Isn't he so good, dude? I I I got dude. I was lucky enough. I put it on Instagram. I went to the Deadwood movie set. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my lawyer, I share a lawyer with one of the other, one of the actors on the program. And he knew that I had a pretty special connection to that show. And it's the reason why I moved to LA to become a writer and all that. And so he talked to the wonderful people at HBO and Scott Stevens, and they, they were nice enough to extend me an invite to the set. And it happened to be on a Tuesday night. So I had, that was the night that Danny, a lot of fans have pieced together. It was the night that Danny hosted uh, talks ah, because... Yeah. I thought I was going to be there for half an hour and I went in the morning Yeah. and they asked, they let me stay. <laughs> they put a chair next to the focus puller. Yeah. Uh, I will not giving anything away cause you haven't seen it yet, but there's a wedding scene in the show. And okay. That's the day I was there. For the shoot was the day of the wedding scene, which was amazing. Cause it was pretty much the entire cast was there for it. Wow. And uh, and you're not just gonna leave that voluntarily, right? You're not gonna be like, well, guys, hey, thirty minutes. I appreciate it. I mean, I thought for sure. I'm driving up there with yeah. with with my friend Todd, and he's like, we're gonna stay probably half an hour. Not gonna take any pictures. I'm like, I'm I don't care. I just want to step foot on the thoroughfare and smell it, and then I'll go. And uh, and couldn't have been more opposite. They 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 took me around and 
introduced me to everybody. And I had, I had met, I'd met Earl before because mm-hmm. of The Last of Us. I, I had been lucky enough to meet a couple of people. Kim Dickens, who plays Joni Stubbs. Yep. Uh, her and I share a few mutual friends. And so they had warned her that I was coming. And God damn, she's magical, dude. I'll watch anything she does. She ended up on Sons of Anarchy. It was so good. Dude, half the, the walking three quarters of that cast landed on uh, Sons of Anarchy. That's true, man. Yeah. They really, Kurt Sutter, big Deadwood head. He picked yeah. up... Uh, between that and Justified, everybody made kind of a round on right. Justified just about, too. Um, yeah, man, it was cool. I got to sit there. I got to watch Milch rehearse with them and walk them through the scene. That was insane. I was sitting three feet behind David Milch as he as he worked. Uh, that, that, that honor alone few people have ever uh, experienced. I, I, I'll never I'll never forget. I'll never forget the the graciousness that led to that. So I got to go. Yeah. And then I, I actually left on my own. I left. They were going to be shooting until three or four in the morning. Yeah. They told me I could stay as long as I wanted. And there was a moment where they broke for lunch. And they all sat around these in their chairs. And. They were singing Waylon Jennings. God damn. They had guitars and 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 harmonicas. And everybody was just sitting there telling stories and they started, I think Earl started singing and then they all just started singing together and grabbing instruments and playing stuff. And I, I don't know how many uh, movie or TV sets you've been on, but they're typically not that kind of environment. Sure. They're typically a very stressful, there's a lot of egos, there's a lot of uh, pers- big personalities fighting with each other for attention and for special treatment there's, it's usually just chaos, man. There's people running around with shit. It's just like a very stressful, very fast paced, very, and there are legends about how, how, you know, sort of intimate of a set that was. And there was a lot of people that were killed off the show that just came that day. And that just were there. Jim Beaver who played Ellsworth spoilers, just sitting there next to me at video village watching on the monitors. He just wanted to be there. Yeah. Because they all missed each other and they missed doing it. And I said, this is this is my time to go. This is it. Yeah. I don't think it's going to get better than this moment. I feel like I'm intruding at this point. Sure. I feel sure. like I'm watching something that I shouldn't, you know, like let them have this moment. And I got in my car and I drove home and I, 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 uh, I text my lawyer this huge, long, this means so much to me, man. Like this is the greatest thing anybody's ever done for me. I'll never forget it. You know, I don't know how I could possibly repay you for. I it's just a beautiful thing. I'm crying. You know, when I get home, he writes back, "Cool, don't post any photos." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! They eventually let me. But right, right. No, they told me I. I they, they take as many pictures as you want. You just can't post them until after it's over. But that was really special, man. Not yeah. not many people that are fans of their thing they're the most the biggest you know they're the biggest fan of they end up going to see it or meet those people that's fucking insane man never happened so that just was all the more special to me and then it was like then when we did this it was like we're we're definitely paying homage to this wonderful show with these wonderful people so i was so glad to do it man well new new podcast idea i think that we need to watch every episode of the show and do a fucking breakdown rewatch pod for every I've been threatening to do that for five years. I have multiple people who have asked me to do it. I have, <clears throat> you know what, dude, if we were going to do that, 
you have to just start get bringing in the people though. Yeah. You got to just get Earl. You got to get, you got to get Kim Dickens. You got to get Ian. You got to get, um, you got to get, uh, you got to get Molly Parker. Um, let's work on it. I mean, I've got a what microphone and you've got contacts with famous people. So we're, we're bringing equal, equal oh, amounts I to have, the table. I have blackmail, my friend. That's different. <laughs> That's a different kind of, uh, all right, what else do you want to know about on Deadwood before we go? Yeah, you know what, man? I, I, I Wait, feel... Wait, yeah, yeah. question from your Patreon. That's, that's what I was Patreon about to jump to, about... yeah. So, so the, Brady? The... Yes, Brady. Hey, Brady. Thank you for supporting my mans, Andrew. Because of your loyal support of his Patreon, you are now going to ask me... Two exclusive question. questions. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> First question... Um, for you is as a singer songwriter author and poet you have a very strong grasp of storytelling and narrative allegedly <laughs> my my addition not hers what parts of your background have you been able to flex at the critical role studios and what would you like to try next oh god i mean the critical role studios is critical role studios flexes you <laughs> a new, meaning new t-shirt Right. Meaning that I will say speaking, I'll only speak for myself, which is what I'm always instructed to do. Uh, I would say that it teaches you. I, I, so I didn't really I, I can't really say that I've brought. Sorry, my security was squeaky. I haven't. Now I can drop that on the floor. I'm drunk, dude. It's 12 <laughs> it's noon, bro. It's noon. I told you I'd be drunk by noon. That's why we got to wrap this up. No, I'm kidding. That Cali vibe. I would say you bring everything you can't bring. This is, this is the internet, man. It's the wild West. You can't come in with any weak shit. Sure. So we all show up with our best and then all of us bringing our best together <clears throat> ends up being a better best, if that makes sense. So I will say that my background, a lot of it, as far as like my nine to five background is in post-production. Yeah. So that's where I'm, sort of most comfortable. I'm not comfortable in front of a camera. I do not like being on camera. I signed up to host one little talk show <laughs> three years ago that was supposed to last a couple of months. And then I got to just go back into living in obscurity as a writer and as a musician and, uh, and, uh, as, as blessed as, as this life has turned out to be, I, I'm not going to lie to you and say there aren't days where I don't I don't miss just kind of going, being obscure. But anyways, I will say that, um, I will say that, you know, I was a junkie for a lot of my life mm -hmm. and that's where I learned about community because junkies have a really fucked up way of taking care of each other. And you also learn how to get to know people. And I think that's, in some weird twisted way, how I became an, a conversationalist and an interviewer, I guess, to a certain extent, I don't really feel comfortable calling myself that I like to talk to people. Right. So yeah. I think that's probably the, the thing of my background that I brought in was just, I've spent a lot of my life getting to know people and getting to know what makes people tick and, sure. and, and, and studying human behavior, my own, uh, the closest because it baffles me the most. Uh, 
And I will say that that's probably helped me the most of what I brought to the table. Yeah. But for the most part, you don't really know what your strengths are until you, until you get in that room with those people and you put them all together. It's like Captain right. Planet. You fuck with Captain Planet? Oh, a little bit. I'm, I'm all about that ring of heart, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Fire, water, heart. Yeah. Fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. What else you got, Brady? Uh, last question. This this is a sweet one. I like this one. It says the phenomenon phenomenon of critical role and the studio's related shows have resulted in a really rapid rise to notoriety for everyone there. What can we, as a fan base of critters, do to make your collective lives easier and calmer? First, I need you to wire me ten thousand dollars. <laughs> then I'm going to need you to rent a very fast car. How long does it take to get to Ecuador? MapQuest that. Here's what I'll... MapQuest? Call damn. back. True shit. I'm picking stuff up that I dropped on the floor in my drunken stupor. Oh, boy. I will tell you this, dude. In a lot of ways, this is a very easy group of people to make stuff for. In the 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 uh, example that we talked about earlier, when we pushed the finale, um, our people that are in the weeds on social media, those people told me they didn't see anyone yeah. respond negatively to Marisha's announcement that we were pushing it. If they're saying that, it's it's rare that the internet that that happens on the internet. To me, that is the, that's what I need. That's what I'm going to speak for myself. That's what I need from our fans Sure. is that continued understanding that like, we're also human. We have bodies that break down and, and we have, we need sleep and we are doing all this crazy shit. Um, we travel a lot too. I probably travel more than the cast because, well, not anymore, thank Christ, because I was going back and forth to New York every month. Um, traveling is very hard. Uh, it's very hard on you. And when you travel and you meet a thousand people in a weekend and then you come back, that's very hard. Yeah. Even if it's a thousand of the greatest people in the world, we come back uh, from these conventions on Sundays and then on Monday morning, we're back at work. So we don't really get a weekend, right? right? Our weekend is spent getting recharged and refilled by the love and support of our fans and shaking hands and meeting them. Right. So that's how we, end. that's, that's, that's our weekend. Right. And then we come back and it's like, we do the shows, we do the thing. And then we'll be like, Hey, we're going dark for a week. And everybody's like, awesome. Have fun guys. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's out there with pitchforks going, fuck you guys. I'm paying for this shit. I want you to fucking put something out on Christmas. God damn it. <laughs> I don't have a fucking family. Right. I don't celebrate Christmas. I want, 20 hours of shit. Nobody's out there doing that. You know, they're like, love you guys. I'm yeah. great. I get a chance to catch up. But we hear that all the time. Right. Gives us a chance to catch up. We're thinking about that a lot. And we're looking at the numbers and going like, do we slow down? Do we speed up? Do we, you know, we're always looking at that. Yeah, yeah. And, but we're always thinking about, because you think about what people want, but then you also know that people don't know what they want. You have to show them what they want. Sure, Undeadwood sure. was that. If we would have made Undeadwood a one-shot in the overlay, man, it, th people would have loved it. Right. That's what they want until they see this and then they want that. Yeah. So I will say to answer Brady's question more succinctly, 
which is also uncharacteristic. Just keep being you, guys. Like, everybody's, you know, you got your people out there who act entitled or who maybe are rules lawyers or who uh, don't like women. Um, I don't know. They're out there. They're going to do their thing. I say let them scream into the void until their voices run out and they eventually just either stop or become better people. Um, the rest of you, we, we, like I said, we live on that support. We live on that patience. We live on that understanding and that, 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 uh, I would say even that empathy that our own fans, cause our fans are very empathetic. Um, you see that in how they, and how they will react to each other, uh, when, when they're going through shit. Um, you see, you see critters take care of each other. I've watched it for years before I ever became a part of this. I was watching the way the community, it's so weird. I, I hadn't really, I still haven't seen anything like it. And so, yeah, I would say just keep being you. I mean, and, and take care of each other. That's the thing we, we care about the most. Um, find a way to find a way to leave your mark on this world. Because any mark we make is tiny and can be looked at as insignificant in the grand scheme of the universe. You could look at what Mother Teresa did in the grand scheme of history and time and space and say it's a blip. So, you know, I wouldn't say that. But I'm saying, you know, make your mark no yeah. matter how small. If it's if you volunteer for to play run a game for maybe some foster kids or, uh, I don't know, you know, donate some time to, uh, I, you know, my family, my dad has started a lot of nonprofits in his life and I grew up with a very, I grew up in a very generous household. I'm very lucky that, that I was raised. Um, you know, my dad spent, uh, summers when I was a kid building orphanages in Africa and, and, you know, literally like building and painting himself like right. in all these places all over the world. And, um, and it's fun to see, you know, it's also rare that you get nine people together who are also, who are also generous sure, and who all believe, you know, it's like for the longest time on our website, it's like you go on there, we each have our own charity we support. Like, right. and we had to pick one each you know, yeah. like, cause I support multiple. I'm very, you know, I come from a military family. I support veterans. I support addiction. I support some homes and some stuff for addictions, uh, recovery. And, um, you know, my, my sister's a single mom and my niece is half Haitian. And, you know, there's, there's my sister lived in Haiti for a while and did a lot of relief stuff there. And we've, we've just been exposed to, we've been exposed to so much generosity and then at CR, it's like we all have our charities, we all have these things we support, we all have these causes that we really believe in and all of us believe in each other's. And then you have the fans who for my birthday last week donate all this money to OSD, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's, that's just keep doing that shit. Yeah. Like keep like, thank you so much for all the money you gave to the Kickstarter. The animated series is going to blow your fucking minds. But what I love too is this shit in November, like to get all this money we've yeah, given to OSD. Yeah. And every day I text Rachel and I'm like, how many, how many, how many, how many? It's like, it was like 700 veterans and then it was a thousand. And now we're up to God knows, you know what I mean? Now that I, what we ended at, at the end of December or at the end of November. Um, but that's it. 
that's the long way, long winded way to answer your question. Just keep supporting, keep supporting the stuff that is making a fucking difference in the world because very few people are making stuff with that sort of mindset. But I feel like in this tabletop gaming space, almost everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's just trying to tell good stories and make a difference. We're just one of many, many, many people doing this. Like, um, trust me, if you, if you think, if you think because critical role is, is maybe the talked about the most or something that we're the, the best at it or the only ones doing this, please, please, please go online and find, you know what we like to do? Sam will go, he'll search D and D on Twitch that he'll search like the, the game and see who's playing. And just like hop into random chats or whatever. Hop into yeah. random chats and then group text us and then we'll all get in there. That's awesome. And sometimes they have no idea who we are <laughs> and they're like, why are these people in our chat? Sometimes yeah. they absolutely know who we are and it makes their day and we talk shit to them. We tell them they, you know, their accents suck. Well, I do. <laughs> uh, that's the joy. But man, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch some 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 people play D&D. It's not fun to watch most people play D&D. But there's a lot of really good people out there doing it. Satine sure. Phoenix is like one yeah, of my yeah. favorite dungeon masters. I've never played in a game that she's done because she just says she says I'm just too good. <laughs> she says I'm just too good, but I would love to Don't I would want to love intimidate to. the other players, right? I mean, come on. Heck no. I want to play in a game that Ashley DMs, but we got to get her to do that first. Oh, we, we paid for it, so it's going to happen now, right? Oh, that's right. It yeah. is part of the yeah, Kickstarter. Part of the Kickstarter. <gasps> she's got, oh, she's forced. I'm going to run in there right now and tell her she's got to start working on it because I want to, oh, dude, if she doesn't put me in that, I'm going to be pissed. That's going to be a real rift in our relationship, my man. <laughs> I'm going to call her. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, Ashley, <laughs> Gary, why are you, why are you doing this to my man? Sorry. You're all good, man. Well, dude, thanks so much. Um, it, it's been awesome. Thank you as a, as a fan and a viewer for putting out such a cool fucking piece of content, man, for um, for doing everything that you were saying, right, of, of doing it wholeheartedly and getting, like, a group of people who would join in with you on that. Like, us as viewers, like, it was huge. It was huge. We love mm. it. I'm looking forward to to the rest of uh, what you guys have in store. And and some other time, man, you need to come on again, and we'll just talk about all the non Undeadwood stuff. There's so much that you're involved in. I'd love to I'd love to dig into. So we'll have to make that happen. Um, I'm here because we heard your first episode. So crazy. Now, the I internet's don't a weird fucking place. Us. Yeah, I don't remember where. I just clicked on a thing, and then I hear that sexy music. Mm. And then you're like, hey, y'all, I've been drinking <laughs> and we got to talk about. And then you got so excited. You did what I do, which is you start like five different thoughts. Right. You know, but you right. Just go like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm going to move on to the next one. And uh, no, dude, just your enthusiasm and, and just the fact that. I thought. And I'm an idiot, right, of that. No one wants to argue. I thought 20, 40,000 people is probably, which is an insane amount of people. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a stadium. I thought this probably, uh, they'll probably be like, you know, and that'd be fucking rad. Yeah. And then when this happened, it was like, ah, Jesus. Oh, boy. Um, okay. And it's kind of like, 
consistently surprised. And yeah. so to the fact that any, you know, like with the Kickstarter, even you're like, what? Um, and so the fact that anybody likes it, you appreciate. So just the fact that you wanted to even just sit and talk and put on extra bonus episodes of your show for our stupid little game was just meant a lot to us. So I was like, I'll talk to that guy. Shit, man. Thanks, man. He's cool. I like his smooth, silky voice. Uh, I appreciate it. No, and I liked your opinion on the show too. And I like that you picked up on you you were you were pointing out the stuff that my team really worked hard to do. And yeah. that's what I really appreciated was I, I that's why I was sending it to Steve and I was sending it to everybody. I'm like, hey, listen to this, man. They're they're really they're really blown away by the work you guys did, and I want you to hear it. So 100%, means man. means a lot, dude. That's why I'm talking to you right now. Well, I'm glad it all worked out. Um, any uh, anything you want to to pimp? I think most people know your uh, your social media handles, but you know, feel free to shout that out. You're, you're working on music right now, right? You're recording. Do you have another yeah, book man. coming? I need a sequel to uh, Black and White. I do have another book coming. Right now, I'm in negotiations on what what I'm going to do with it. It's getting edited right now. Mm-hmm. I have. Um, this one's a little different, man. But thank you for reading Black and White. It means a lot. The critters have discovered that one, which is really fun. I was in the poetry circuit back in the cut, man, like 10 years ago. L.A. had a really interesting poetry scene. Yeah. And um, I would do live readings every week, if you can believe it. There was a time where I would. And then, uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I, I That's what ended up the collection that ended up being in that book, that first book. So the second one is, is more um it's more longer essays. It's kind okay. of true, true stories of stuff that has happened to me and that I've experienced since moving to LA and kind of getting, getting off of the opiates. Um, and then I'm halfway through production on my record for the wild years. And I thought, as you can see behind me, the viewers at home camp, but I'm on Skype with this man, Andrew, I decided I'd just pack up my recording studio halfway through um, <clears throat> production on my album. So right. half of it's packed up. The other half over here is still functional. And um, I'm, wor- I'm working today, tomorrow all day, and Wednesday all day on it. So for the next three days, we're, we're cranking it out. I'm trying to get Kenny G. Mm. If you know Kenny mm. G, smooth, now I can't afford lines. him. I can't afford him. So we're going to have to do some kind of bartering system, man. I need you to find out for me. What kind of, you know, cupcakes Kenny G likes? What kind of, you know, let's let's start really digging into who is, who, what does the G stand for? We got, we got to get all the secrets and that's how you get them in studio. Is the hair but real? Yeah. I don't know if it is. I think you're going to like this. I think you're going to like this, this record I'm yeah. putting out. Want to hear one second of it? I can't play you anything, but I'll play you one second. And oh. then you can tell me, you can judge for me. If you think you will like this record based on this one second that I'm going to play. Bring it on. Let me make sure my volume is pumped up. All right. Are you sure you're ready for this, dude? I, I'm, I'm not sure. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me take my pants off. Yeah, sit down. Could you hear it? I could. I, I feel flutters. You know. Right, let's try it one more time. Whoa, what does it mean? I don't know. It's it's flutes, it's magical. I'm am, am I at an opening night of Oklahoma or am I you know you what, might what's happening? Be, dude. You might be. You might be at an opening night of Oklahoma. This man is from Texas. That's why he made that joke. Yeah. 
Oh man. Well, dude, thanks. I'll again. come back and talk to you, dude. dude you you so have cool. to. I, I appreciate it so much. Hang tight. Uh, and we'll, we'll wrap up after we, after we finish recording, but until then guys, thank you so much for joining in on this extra special, extra long episode of roll for persuasion. Um, I hope it has been as much fun for you as it has been for me. Uh, make sure that you are following us on Twitter at Roll Persuasion. Make sure that you are leaving uh, reviews on iTunes. You know it's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. We gotta we gotta it's rebrand. It's not iTunes. Anymore. No, no, it's Apple Podcasts. I, they got rid of iTunes altogether. It's That's not even a thing. That's two words. You gotta say two words. I, I know it's, it's very difficult. It's unfortunate. Um, for you Google people out there, I think Google lets you review things somewhere. So go find that and try that out. Uh, subscribe to the show. Review on Google. <laughs> yeah. Hey Siri, how to Google? Anyway, guys, thank you so much. Uh, it is a joy getting to bring you the show each and every week. And Who wrote uh, this song? Where did you get the song? Well, you go to audiojungle.com and you search uh, Cool Western, and this pops Fuck. up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just yeah, some kid man. in the Ukraine because it's pretty good, right? Dude, it's a really good song, mm. man. We didn't even talk about Jason Charles Miller and the music that he did for the show, so we're going to have to... How good was that, It dude? was so good. He, he's oh, told man. me a couple times, uh, I'll hit him up and, and he'll be like, oh yeah, um, email me and I'll, I'll come on the show and, and he hasn't yet. So if you see him, uh, you he's know. He's been on tour. Yeah, well, yeah, on yeah. Tour. yeah, I missed his actually, show in Houston. He was actually, he was coming home on the weekends from tour to record music for us, which is crazy. That's awesome. That's, you guys yeah, need to release that job. on vinyl. Oh, yeah. Talk to him about it. That's a mm -hmm. great idea. It's out. It's out now. You can listen to Deadwood Chapter One soundtrack everywhere music is streamed. On the, by Jason Charles Miller. On the Apple Music, not the iTunes. Make sure you check it out. Thank Apple you, guys. Podcast. <laughs> and until next time, this has been Roll for Persuasion. Enjoy your games. Bye.